You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. And now, Side B. How you doing, man? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, what are you seeing in, 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 your, in your area, in your communities right now? Oh, Columbus is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of protests. And um, Columbus was the first city where uh, cops begin to, like, turn up on the protesters. Um, and by turn up, I mean um, tear gas, spraying them with mace, flash bombs, um, pulling out riot gear, uh, being aggressive, uh, unwarranted aggression in particular. Columbus was also the first place that I saw looted. Um, shout out to Soul Classics. Um, that that was the first like I really that really upset me when they looted Soul Classics because not because I'm a sneakerhead and you know, Soul Classics sells sneakers, but because Soul Classics is such a pillar in the community, um, not just the fact that it's one of the only Black-owned businesses downtown, but they do so much for the community. Um, they fund, you know, they they coach football leagues and, you know, they, it's almost like a safe haven for like the young generation. I think that's why I got hit. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I saw a lot of like really initial like civil civil unrest um in columbus um a lot of it was downtown some of it made it some protesting made its way to the suburbs i live in the suburbs and uh uh my wife and kids saw some stuff they went somewhere and they told me they saw some stuff around the corner but um they columbus was also the first place to institute a curfew mm-hmm. so um the curfew curfew popped pretty early um they weren't playing they weren't playing i mean god like our our uh, two members of Congress, uh, two black members of Congress, in fact, uh, were maced by the police on Saturday uh, while they were protesting. Also, again, unwarranted. Um, yeah, so we've, we've been seeing a lot of that. But the Columbus Police Department does not have a good history with the citizens there, particularly the black citizens there. Um, more recently, what and what initially led to that protest was not just George Floyd, but there was a young man who is I know I'm getting old. I called him a young man. But he was a young man who uh, protested by himself. Um, I forgot where he was, but he was protesting alone. Cops ran up on him. Uh, he was carrying a firearm, but he was legal. He had a CCW, had it, had the paperwork on him, and cops beat him up, beat him pretty bad, uh, had him in the hospital, and they were not treating his injuries. Um, once that information got out, that led to the initial protest. Um, Included with George Floyd, but that's that's pretty much going on in Ohio. As for the rest of the world, I'm seeing a lot, and uh, that's a whole other bag that I'm not I'm not sure I want to get into tonight. <laughs> it's for my own mental health. Yeah, um, there's a lot of places we could go. I think a couple I, I don't know, a couple things I want I want to talk about, and a couple things I want to ask your opinion about. Um, I think people immediately want to compare and try to because that's how what we do as humans, right? We try to like place this in context. We try to okay, well, this happened before. Is this what we're seeing again now? And so, you know, people remember, obviously, in 2014, um, protests in Ferguson because of uh, the death of Mike Brown. Um, in you know, or people will go historical. They'll be like, oh, you know, because we, we, even though it's funny, like everybody m- might not be a student of history, but for whatever reason in America, 1968 has become crystallized as like, oh, that's when, that's when the 60s were crazy and people riot, right? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of true, but sort of not true. And I'm I'm happy to get in my history bag and in a bit on that if you want. But people always try to figure out like, okay, well, if this is what's happening now and this is what happened before, like they're already trying to like connect the dots so they see where it goes, right? So like the the story we tell ourselves about the protests in the late '60s is that that's what got Nixon elected because he ran as the law and order candidate. Like there's a reason why Trump is out there saying he's the president of law and order. Like he thinks that is his ticket to being reelected. But like 2020 is a very different world than 1967 and 1968 for a lot of reasons. Um, There's a pandemic and a recession probably going into a depression happening. Yeah. Yeah. But even beyond that, cities are very different places than they were, which is where almost all of these rights are happening. As you pointed out, I think either here on the pre-show hasn't really spread to the burbs yet. No, not yet. Cities are very different. And the composition of these 
um, these protests in terms of like what kinds of people are very different. You know, in 67 and 68, in the South, they were somewhat multiracial, but in the North, they were all black people. Like white people in Newark weren't out there in 67 getting shot at by cops, right? Right. Whereas what you're seeing overwhelmingly in cities is a fairly multiracial and very young, typically, group of people who are out there. Mm-hmm. That's that that is that is one that is one difference. Another difference is frankly social media and its relationship to the regular media and what people know, what information they choose to listen to, and what the like what story you want to believe about what's happening right now. And like there were people who thought that you know, and, and the media was not perfect in the late sixties, and they and they they tilted coverage in in various ways. Um, and they 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 told a certain story, but now with social media and people having people have smartphones and they can do live streams and everything else, we have a whole other avenue to get information. And so another to me another huge difference is it's like it's not like we're all going to like wait for the dust to settle and then oh oh Time Magazine wrote about it this way and the New York Times did a big piece of them this way and you know CBS News covered it this way. Like, do you, is anybody under thirty? reading like watching cbs or you know what i mean like no right so like they're not even seeing that story no they're they're good it, it is really interesting that that's you know don't let the media but it's like but your generation the media that you're consuming is clips from twitter and tiktok right. and instagram like you're you are not watching the seven o'clock news no i'm not right right we're in our mid-30s i'm not watching them. I'm, I'm right there with you on social right. media so all that to say I just want to, I would just say, I want to, I, I want to talk about media and the story that we're hearing in a, in a sec, but I just wanted to, just my opening, it's like, I got an opening statement basically, right? My opening statement is basically like people want to connect or they want to say history repeats itself or they want to go, because this happened then, this is going to happen again. And I would just caution everybody and say, this is kind of a totally unique situation mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. Trump is one of them. Yeah. Um, But another is like, I think. The story that white mainstream America was told in 1967 and 68 about what happened during the, you know, the phrase long hot summer for people who don't know comes from the year 1967. There were riots in a hundred plus cities that, that, that summer, most notably in Newark and Detroit. And like the stories that come, the story that was told by the media, you know, we, we meaning white, like typical white America, that's being very. I don't want to say yeah. prejudice. That, that's me recognizing my bias. I'm saying white America was told a certain story about that. And it wasn't until much later that it, when history books were written and everything else, when a lot of people, and I'll say myself included, learned, oh, you know, actually, no, not exactly. That's not really what happened. Right. Right. Um, so I'm on like, what is, how are you trying? I, I, got, I want to come at this from a couple different ways. I want to, I want to know, like you talked about getting so, information from social media. Do you feel like you're getting an accurate picture? Do you feel kind of overwhelmed by having to, oh, I got to go on Twitter and see this? Or like, if you know someone's protesting and you see their, this person's on Instagram live, do you feel like, oh, I got to jump in and see this? Like, how are you trying to like understand the story of what's happening? So um, let me first say that, you know, I have always been the guy who did not uh, engage whenever, um, black men and women were killed on camera by police. Um, so to this day, I have not seen a single murder. Mm. Um, I've seen clips, I've seen stills, but I have not seen anyone die. Um, and I've always been the, the person who kind of cuts through the noise and I always say, hey, everybody, take a break, put your phone down, you know, to sort of create that space because that can be really overwhelming. That And then also the weight of people processing in real time mm. Um, can be it can be weighty and you can take that weight on and not even realize it. But honestly, dog, it was the Joe Biden comment that like really pissed me off. And this just bled over into it. So I've been glued to my phone, um, you know, with my kids being here and my kids asking questions. I have a 14 a year old and 11 year old and a six year old. Um, and especially my 14 year old in particular is asking a lot of questions. Um, so I need to be in the know. I can't dismiss it because, you know, she needs me to be that 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 beacon of information um, to help her process, you know, what she's seeing. Um, fortunately, I've got friends who are on the front line. 
I've got friends who are uh, knee deep in social justice. Um, I know that the information that they get is legitimate. I know that the video that they get are legitimate. They're out. And like I said, Columbus is such a hostile city. Um, I know that they're not doing it for photo ops. You know, I know that they're really putting the work in, even in peacetime. So fortunately, I've got some of those people um, who I follow that I'm actually friends with. I know them have their phone numbers. So I know that they are um, legitimate in, you know, uh, what they're presenting. Now, um, that usually happens on Instagram stories or Mm. Facebook. Um, I don't really follow people that I know on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I typically follow like brands and maybe like um, maybe media personalities and stuff like that. That's usually where that is. it's weird. I don't. I don't know what my follow looks like, but I've I've unfollowed a lot of people like over the last year or so. I've calmed that down tremendously. Um, you know, when you have a bunch of people talking about the Knicks during the NBA season, you're like, I have mm, maybe that's where some of that bias comes from that people talk about. But I don't. I don't ascribe to it. But you know, the first maybe day or so, yeah, I went on and checked out some of the live streams. Um, I actually went on a live stream. While we were recording this episode, there was a a, a prayer walk and uh, it was a it was a, a black men's prayer walk. And I'm not going to say how I feel about that, but because um, that's the thing, like when it's initially happening, it's new and it's raw and the narrative isn't formed yet. So I know that the information that I'm getting is legitimate because nobody knows what's going on. Now that we have a pretty good idea of what's going on. I think you can sort of like narrow in on a particular motive, theme, and people just attack that. And that's all you see. And that's all you see on Twitter. Um, All you're seeing are stores being looted. All you're seeing are police um, acting um, 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 aggressively. Um, all you're seeing are, you know, calls for justice and sign this petition and donate to this fund. And this business got shut. This small business got shut down. And in theory, a lot of that stuff is good. And a lot of that stuff is good. But I've lived long enough to know that I've lived long enough to question some of the things that I see and not question because I don't believe it, but question because I want some answers. Mm. And then I'm not necessarily just uh, ascribing to this being what this is because you're showing it to me. Uh, strange Twitter account that I don't follow. Um, because listen, y'all, like, you know, we're talking about, you know, I don't know what Antifa is, but, you know, we're talking about the, you know, I'm hearing the the narrative is that, one of the narratives is that, you know, white liberals are are causing a lot of the damage. And, you know, you're seeing, I saw the girl, she like held the the hammer in her hand, had somebody take the picture and then she got in the car and drove off, which also didn't look authentic, but I digress. Um, so you, you're seeing that. So if you don't, if you think that's happening like in the field, oh, it's absolutely happening on social media. But I don't think anybody's paying attention to that because all of the focus is on the raw emotion mm. of people, of black people in particular, like fed up, exhausted. And I think, you know, it's, you see Kaepernick and, you know, he's become this this image, like this greater image of we tried to be nice and now we're not being nice anymore. Um, so I say all that to say at this point, I think I'm just I, I've got all the information that I need um, as far as what's going on. Now I want what's next, because, Doc, again, with us being older, like I can't move off of emotion, especially not with a, a family to look after. Um, I'm somebody who likes to plan. I have like, I like to plan, but I like to have spontaneity like planned into my plan. Um, And it just seems like there's a lot of voices judging off of, you know, for example, like this whole blackout thing that happened. There's a lot of voices, but like there's there's nothing universal. Um, Now, Columbus has done a good job of narrowing those voices down and you know, these companies coming up and, you know, this is this organization. These are the leaders. This is what they're able to provide. Like that information is starting to come out. Um, But nationally, I'm not seeing that. I'm just seeing a lot of chaos. And, you know, what's going to happen? My thought is always what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen next week? Yeah. You know, when that happens, um, everybody's not going to never everybody's not going to feel safe or feel comfortable going out protesting. Um, So you shouldn't expect them to. 
but there are people who are waiting on like, you know, some of this to, to calm down and for us to get in a room and find out what the next steps are. You know, we've destroyed the land. Now what? You know, we if, if destroying the land leads to getting the right ears on on the situation. Great. What do we want? What are the demands? Who, who, How will we go about getting demands? Who is the we in this situation? Who, right. Because because and I, I'm going to let you talk, but all oh. I'm going to say is like when when they to your point, when they say who's the we, the thought is black people. And somebody said they act as if my blackness is a monolith because black people, of course, they want justice. And I said this on COVID community. Well, what does justice mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so justice for some people means that the officers are arrested and prosecuted to the furthest extent of the law. Some people, justice is take them out in the middle of the street and beat them to death. Some people is get them to say, I'm sorry. Some people, some people's idea of justice is uh, completely reform the, the police force. Like there's so many different definitions and it's like, well, what's on top of not only who is the we, but like what? What do we want when we say we want justice? You know what I'm saying? Because if if they get prosecuted to the furthest extent of the law and they go to jail for the rest of their lives, there's going to be people who aren't happy because they're not dead. And if there's people and if they die, there's people who are going to say, well, that's that's too harsh and we should have just let the law do its thing. But you got people who don't trust the law altogether and want their own street justice, as you used to say. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like there's so there's so much nuance, dog. And it's like. I'm getting to the point where I want answers to that. I got a lot, I got a lot of places I can go here. Um, to me, there are, uh, we'll say three, maybe four different things happening right now, right? So there are, to me, there are protests that are largely peaceful, largely, there are exceptions, mm-hmm. over the continued, I mean, let's be honest, over the continued murder of Black Americans by police, right? Mm-hmm. In some cities, maybe even many cities, but not all cities, cops are responding by I'll be generous and say antagonistic, but some right in some ways just outright assaulting protesters and mm-hmm. triggering violence. Mm-hmm. Because when you yep. have a crowd and you start shooting rubber bullets and tear gas. Oh my God. You <laughs> um, see people lose eyes. Right. It's like it, it's like if if you if you cannonball into the pool and then and then you, you're surprised that you got water uh, outside of the pool. It's like, no, you just you just cause chaos. Mm-hmm. And then you have looters taking advantage of this chaos. And the looters aren't necessarily the protesters. Yeah. Right. You have people right. just, I mean, some right. people are just, they're scumbags in some cases. Some people are doing it because they're like, listen, I don't, I, I'm not making ends meet this month. This would really help me. And some people are like, F the system, chaos is happening. Let's go do it now. Yep. Right. There's yep. a lot of nuanced reasons why that may or may not be happening. But, those are not necess- like just because you have peaceful protests does not mean that you also have to have looting. But by causing, in many cases, the chaos in cities by the over-aggressive response, and that's being, that's being kind to say over-aggressive, there, there is now, in, in some cases, what feels like an uncontrollable environment. At, oh, no, not in some cases at all. Right. right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, of course, people are going to take advantage of that and, you know. And it, and you know, as a as a fan of fashion, like the the places that are getting looted, it's not necessarily helping. Like, because people are saying, okay, yeah, Target got looted. Target will be fine. Target's a billion dollar corporation, et cetera, et cetera. But, and that's, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, to loot small businesses, um, to loot, and then to use the use the excuse of, well, they're upcharging, they're reselling sneakers for three times their value. Listen, those those brick and mortars don't necessarily like determine the value of the things that they sell. Like they can, but usually the market determines that. I mean, they just came out with these Ben and Jerry dunks. And before they even came out, they were going to be super limited. So whose fault is that? That's Nike for not making a lot of pairs. And there was already like, yeah, resale is going to be over a thousand dollars immediately. And as it stands right now, my size in the 13 goes for nineteen hundred. That's not round two's fault. You know what I'm saying? So, so on one hand, yeah, like those businesses and that business model needs to be, you know, looked at at best. But at the same time, like, yo, it's not people are coming out of a pandemic. They've burned through that twelve hundred dollars and 
People aren't working. And not only are they not working, their jobs are not coming back mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So they're like, what, however I can make some money. I mean, <laughs> so for example, somebody stole, they, they broke into um, Flight Club in LA, one of yeah. the biggest resale sneaker shops like in, in the nation. And people were selling friends and family Travis Scott's. They're purple. Um, reselling those is $20,000. They're, hold on, but they're on, on the market because I've seen them because I'm, I'm in, a, I'm in a, a Discord. Or I'm in a Slack chat with, you know, a sneaker group or whatever. And people were finding LA listings for like two grand, 1500 Like, so you're literally taking down 80% of the value because you just need $2,000 for a sneaker that somebody else was expecting to get 20 grand out of. Or, I mean, they're selling it that cheap because it's stolen. And right, right. Because that's the, that's the, that's the other thing. Absolutely. I'm not, listen, I don't have a problem with buying sneakers on resale. All this is making me do is go to GOAT. I don't trust, I don't trust y'all. <laughs> right. I'm not trusting offer up in Mercari for sneakers. No, thanks. I don't want that trail to end up in my house. Right. No, thanks. Absolutely. You're right. I, th- I think, I think the nuance, I think, right. I think the media is getting slowly better about telling this nuanced story. I think it took everybody a little bit to catch up on the, oh, the looting is kind of separate. And part of that is, I'm doing the same thing you're doing. Like, it's just consuming so much social media that I'm I'm worried about how healthy it is for me. But it's interesting to hear how you sort of use Twitter and how you're consuming this stuff. I think I, I have mine set up very differently. Like, I have, there are people I follow on Twitter, but then I have Twitter lists that I make yeah, heavy use of. This. And yeah. so like I have a politics list and like a news list. And I have like a sports list. So like I can just lock in on the politics news list and just like, and I all what I'm following there are a bunch of journalists from reputable places, which is helpful because, you know, just because you see someone with a verified checkbox, checkmark doesn't mean that they are a reporter who you can trust that video that they've retweeted. You know what I mean? Right. right. So like that to me, remember, do you remember Google Reader? <laughs> yes. When Google, I used to, I, I, I had a whole, all my stuff was in Google Reader. When Google Reader died, I basically said, okay, I'm now going to get my news effectively from this Twitter politics list. Mm. And like when something happens, that's where I go. And I'm like, is anybody talking about this? And then if nobody's talking about it there, I go, huh, I go to Apple News or something and pull up like just the generic, like, here's what people are, you know, like that sort of thing. But I never in my life go to Facebook for news. Oh my God. I don't want to hear about news from the people who know me on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. They end up um they end up posting stuff from riots.com. <laughs> Is that a real website? No. <laughs> oh no. Somebody should grab that URL. Um riots. <laughs> riots.com. Protest.org. Pro- All right. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Um Yeah. I mean, so like we've got all this stuff going on, but then on top of it. You've got freaking Trump pouring gasoline over all of it because that's all he knows how to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even that he's an agent of chaos. He's actually like, he actually feels mostly straightforward. Like we know a couple things about him. Yes. He, um, he actually just really is like almost like in an old school cartoonish kind of way. He actually is just like pretty straight up racist. Like that's one thing we know about him. Yeah. There's, there's like one. Right. He, he doesn't even, he doesn't try to hide it. Like most people over the last 25 to 40 years have tried to hide it. Correct. There's Correct. no nuance with Trump, which maybe Correct. you respect a little bit. I, I actually respect that about him, that I know exactly where he stands right. and I know exactly what I'm getting with him. Absolutely. Another thing is that he's a very, uh, he's a very small person. What I mean by that <laughs> is he, he cannot take any jokes. He yeah. cannot take any hint of disrespect. You know, a l- little bit of uh, of Marlo, uh, season yeah, five yeah, wire yeah, mentality, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And any hint that people might think that he isn't some like '80s movie star, basically, like if we don't think that he is Arnold in Commando, mm-hmm. then he is going to do something to make his fans think that way. Mm-hmm. And that's how you get the ridiculousness of of Monday Night this week, where there are actually mostly peaceful protests in front of the white house Mm -hmm. and trump had been hearing that people because it got out that he was brought down to his bunker on friday night after the protests there 
the but he, he got the news reported that he that the protests got close enough that they moved him down to the bunker. Mm. And you know he wasn't about to tolerate that kind of news story because he has this like this is a whole other conversation about toxic mass masculinity, and I'm sure that phrase might set some people off, but like if you take that not to mean that masculinity is bad, but that there is a toxic form of it, mm-hmm. he is the representation of that. Right. Like he, th- like for him, it is like, if he doesn't appear to be a bully who is like physically and emotionally and financially dominating everything around him, then he doesn't think he's a man. Yeah. You know? So why is all this stuff happening in DC right now? Like, why are the, mil- why is the military there? Like there, I don't know if you've been paying attention to what's going on, on social media tonight. There are some wild images coming out from tonight. I, I saw the I saw the the older man. I saw an image of the older man who was murdered protecting the shop. Oh, I didn't even see that. I, um, there are. I've never seen this before. Um, looks like military, but who knows? But they're in they're in uniform and they've got face masks on. Yeah, they're on the steps. I did see that one. Yep. That was we just did you watch the did you see the Watchmen show this past, uh, last year? The Watchmen show? Yeah, on HBO, Watchmen. No, 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 no. It, nope. There was a whole show about how, like, it's it's based off the um, graphic novel, which is actually great, but it's um it's like a sequel that happens long in the future. But one of the whole things in the show is that the cops wear masks to protect their identity. And it's like a major controversial thing in the show because the whole point is that, like, the whole thought is, oh, well, um, these uh, white supremacists are targeting um, are uh, are targeting the cops and we and we and the cops can't we we can't let them know who the cops are and where they live so they wear masks of course the flip of the show is the white supremacists are in league with the cops anyway this whole thing but like the i like that was a whole like it was a, such a striking image of the show now they're wearing yellow masks in the show because it's based off a comic book but like it's this very striking image of police going around town wearing masks and we're sitting here in 2020 and we've got what look to like a casual observer like armed troops wearing masks on on a memorial yeah. And the reason why that can happen is because so DC is not a state. Trump can do basically whatever he wants with DC. So like if he wants to have the National Park Service police which report to him go out there and throw uh tear gas or whatever at people, he can do that. It appears like he's he gets to put on his show in DC because that's the one place where he doesn't have to ask a mayor. He doesn't have to wait for a governor to call in the National Guard or anything like that. He gets to play, he gets to do it the Trump way. And so you've got like military helicopters flying low to try to intimidate people. Like he's doing it all. Mm -hmm. And so that like, he can't, like you, like you said earlier, I can't remember if you said it was in the pre-show, the regular show, but like he hasn't declared martial law in this, in in, in the country or anything like that. But like, uh, to me, I'm looking at DC to see what he gets away with. Mm. what people what the pilot what 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 the politicians who basically allow him to stay in power are willing to put up with and how Mm. far this goes because he is definitely the kind of person where if you give him an inch he's gonna take it forever you cannot give him anything ever and they already have they gave it all to him and so i'm watching dc to try to figure out is there actually ever going to be a point at which his political party even if they don't officially hold him accountable, at some point do enough of them pull him aside and say, we need to cut this. We need to calm down. Otherwise, X, Y, and Z. Will that ever happen? Because that's, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at DC, like, and if it proves to be successful in DC, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen anymore. I feel like every, I feel like all weird options are on the table at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Literally no idea what yeah. people are, what, what's next from one night to the next. Absolutely. Uh, when you talked about DC, you just reminded me of Cameron and paid paid in full when he was trying to get Mitch to go to DC and make money. I thought that was funny. Um, well, yeah, I agree. Where 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 else do you want to go? One thing I want to so we talked real quickly about like who like you said what do people want like what you know we we were trying to figure out who is we, right? And so I think one thing that's interesting is trying to figure out like what is driving these protests because it it is absolutely started by people protesting the continued murder of black Americans by police in this country. Mm. But we are, we're growing beyond that, right? Like we're mixing in people who don't trust the government, who don't trust the response to the pandemic, who might be out of work, who right. don't, I mean, right. there's like, we're, we're get, it's, 
you know, because I, I would say this, like you would almost expect in years past that once they arrested an officer for um, for the murder in Minneapolis, you would almost sort of go, oh, I wonder if things slowly start to ratchet down. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Right. And at some point, this becomes the people in this country trying to rebuke more than just this notion of police brutality, but they're rebuking the police's authority in general. It's an it's a middle finger to Trump. Like it's all of it kind of getting wrapped into like one storm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so like if if it becomes that, what is the path out of that? Because it's not just one conversation to have. Right. Or even one theme to talk about. It's it feels like it's everything. Yes. Who leads that conversation? Who do you have that conversation with? Like, do you have that conversation with Trump? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, do you, does it does it work on a local level? You know what I'm saying? I think that's that's probably the most tangible change. Um, yeah. You know what? Which organizations are leading it? Do you agree with the uh, the goals of the organization leading the conversations? So now you have, now you get into different um, uh, groups and demographics. So you've got, you know, it could be based on religion. It could be based on class. It could be based on a particular thing that they want to focus on, where some people are just wanting to focus on police reform. Uh, other people are looking to focus on you know, the budget, that was the big thing about uh, the LAPD yesterday where I think he was going to allocate 53% of a $3 billion budget to the LAPD, something like that. Yeah. Um, some people want to focus on that. Some people want to focus on the next generation and children. Some Like, there's so much to tackle. And the question becomes, who deals with it? Who leads it? And will people be okay with the final outcome? Because ultimately... Those people who end up leading those conversations, they're listen, they're not going to be responsible for the for the consensus. Right. They're going to be responsible for the group that they represent and whatever the majority of the group that they represent, that's those are the fight. Those are the things that they're going to fight for. Um, and if your thing isn't in that and you think that that should be a thing and you think that they're going to do that because they're having the conversation, they're in the room. So they're getting the, the things done. Yeah, you're gonna be pissed. You're gonna be hot because you're not. Your thing is not gonna be represented. Um, so I, my my suggestion is find out where these groups are, or find out who can organize and whatever your thing is. Either latch on to something that's already pre-existing, or like find some like-minded people who have the ability to get into those rooms and actually institute change. Um, because the the rioting and the looting, that is loud and clear. Um, but often what happens with, with these particular instances is it dies down. Yeah. Something else comes out. You know, I'm sure a COVID report is burning in somebody's pocket right now um, of how many cases have sprung up in the last week. There's, I, I, there's a lot of people wondering um, because, you know, it's never a good idea to tear gas your own citizens. It's really not a good idea to do that in the middle of a pandemic that is spread by people coughing. Bruh. <laughs> Bruh. And I'm not, la I'm, I'm laughing at just how not smart that is. It's, <laughs> it's so not smart. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what's going to happen next week when, you know, that announcement is made, then what, you know, is the, does, cause I told, I told you this last week, like, duh, Ohio, like, bro, Ohio is open. Ohio mm. is open. Like, yeah. People are kind of wearing masks, but I'd say it's like 35, 65, to be honest with you. Uh, most people are not. And um, outside of like restaurant, like restaurant, like, bruh, I stay on one of the busiest cities or one of the busiest streets in the city. Oh, my God. Traffic is ridiculous. Traffic is crazy. Everybody is outside. So when this COVID report comes out and the high chance that it's. I'm just throwing a number out here. 100,000 new cases, right? Are we going to shut everything down again? And is the and is the curfew going to be more uh, aggressive? You know, because the corona curfew was like, hey, guys, wear a mask, keep your distance. You know, it was it was on based on the honor system. Now, if you've got Trump saying, you know, deploy the National Guard and you've got um, uh, other cities 
at worst their their police forces in riot gear. Like, does that sort of become the new? Because we're on curfew right now. You can't go downtown past ten o'clock. Mm. Between ten and six, it is shut down. And I've seen some some spaces. Shout out my homegirl Liana out out in L.A. and in Long Beach. She's posting things about how they will. She gets three notifications on her phone about curfew. They're all different, and they're all like twenty minutes before it's implemented. Yeah. So curfews at six o'clock, and she's getting a notification at five forty five that curfews in fifteen minutes. And in L.A., nothing is 15 minutes. Columbus, you could get away with 15 minutes. L.A., absolutely not. So there's there's a lot to consider, dog. Like, that's why I said, what's going to happen next week? You don't know. Yeah. I, I would say this. There are, I mean, this is the understatement of the freaking week, which there's been a lot of them. There are deep, deep structural problems with this country that are at the root of a lot of what we're saying. That's, that's not news to anybody. At least it shouldn't be. But if there's like, so there are long-term things that we have never dealt with in this country ever. Every time we do, we don't really, we kind of like, it's almost like we're, it's almost like we never really grew up. Cause you know, like when you're a kid and you like spill something and you hope that if you like ignore it, your parents won't get mad at you. Did you ever do that? Yeah. 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 That's kind of what we've done with, with racism in this country. We just kind of ignore it and hope it goes away eventually. But like, that's not, that's not how dealing with stuff works. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're wondering like, what can be, what, where do you even start? Like what can even be done? So there are lots of great places to uh, donate money to right now, if you want to support people who are protesting, but there's, um, there's an organization called campaign zero. Even if you don't want to donate money, they have a pretty good list of what, what I would consider basically like, if we want to try to figure out how do we stop police from being this antagonistic and this is not a problem you're going to solve in the next week or two but this is maybe how you prevent the next like you know if you think about what we could have done in the aftermath of ferguson and what we didn't do right largely because there were some things that the obama administration put in that the trump administration promptly rolled back mm. but like there are they have a whole list of and the cam- and campaigns are, I don't think this list is, ex- is exhaustive because there's other things, but I, I just want to quickly, I want to call out some of these things. I think they make a lot of sense. And these are things that like, no matter where you're at in this country, even if there are no protests in your town, these are things that I feel like we all should be advocating for, right? So like one of them mm-hmm. is demilitarization. Why on earth do police departments have tanks? Why? <laughs> it's, if you, if you outfit people as if they're going to war, they're going to treat you like they're at war. Mm. We saw it in Ferguson. Like you should be able to tell the difference between the National Guard and the, and the police. And there are some cities in this country where you cannot. Mm. Um, there's this idea of, have you heard of this phrase, warrior training? Nah. Um, in, in, in Minneapolis, where um, they have a Democratic governor and Congress and mayor and all that, they banned warrior training, which is for cops and Without going into detail, you can imagine what something like warrior training might mean. And he, so the mayor banned it, but the, uh, the police union found a place that basically cut a deal that would like offer it for free to the cops and basically did a big middle finger to, to the mayor and to the government in, Minne- in Minneapolis and was basically like, just try and stop us from taking this training. Mm. There are a ton of police departments where they're effectively, is no accountability. You can you can fight for civilian review boards with subpoena power. It's one of the things they're doing in Ohio. Yeah. There's there's actually just like a there's a government problem, like a nationwide problem, the idea of qualified immunity, right? Qualified immunity shields government officials, federal, state, local, from financial liability even if they've violated the constitution, so long as they have not violated what they call sort of like clearly established law, which the Supreme Court ruled means if there's a prior decision that is basically said this is unconstitutional. So in other words, if there's no like prior record of court of case law against your action saying it's illegal, even if it's very clearly a violation of the Constitution, if there's never been a case about this kind of violation before that's reached the Supreme Court, then basically you're not financially liable. So that means that officers are entitled to qualified immunity, even if they've engaged in clear misconduct and even if they knew what even if everybody knows what what they were doing is wrong they basically nobody ever has to pay up in in any sort of way Mm. 
So when cops have qualified, and this is this is something that actually has broad, like no, not broad, has some bipartisan support, both left and right, because for different reasons, right? The left people on the left want to see it gone because, well, we don't want cops and by extension, um, towns to never have to feel financial repercussions of having a ton of police brutality cases or anything like that. On and the right wants it because, well, the right doesn't think that government officials at all levels shouldn't be, um, uh, should not be able to be held liable. But um, we can fight for fair police contracts, right? Police unions have fought hard for for contracts that protect police officers in ways that would be impossible for anybody else who is accused of a crime. They they just get protections. They get things that nobody else can get. And I think that if police are going to be in union, they should fight for a great contract, right? You would hope that police officers can get fantastic health care and mental health care and you know fair wages and reasonable work hours and all of all those sorts of things. But the idea that you're going to have a, a union contract that gives you more protection from criminal uh, from criminal proceedings than anybody else in this country does, that doesn't that doesn't strike me as something that we should be doing. A lot of places do and do for profit policing, ticket quotas, fines, uh, police seizing property for reasons that are dubious at best. Um, there's like a whole list of stuff that we could start to do in this country that doesn't even try to get at the fact that we're at our core, a racist and unequal society, like without even touching that, which is a big job. It's the, it's the, it's the, it's the premier unfinished job of America and has been since people touched foot on this, you know, since white people touched foot on this continent effectively, right? This, like without even getting there, there are practical things that you that we could at least do to short term and medium term not have what we're seeing today in our it's like this the past week in our in our country short mm-hmm. short term things we're not like we're not gonna like be, just because people do blackout Tuesday we're not solving racism in our country right if 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 Joe Biden is elected president and has a uh and has a a black vice president like all of a sudden we're not it's not gonna be post racial America part two. Right. Right. But we can we can ask our local representatives. We can put pressure on your local mayor and your city council or whatever else to really start to try to fix the problem of policing in America. It's a start. It's something that we can do. Right. Because we're not going to fix Trump tomorrow or next week or the the month after even. We're not going to fix the people who felt they needed to vote for him because of a variety of reasons and the people who support him now. But I feel like we could start with police. And I realized I just went on this whole long rant tangent. I apologize, but I felt like I wanted to say that. Um, any thoughts, Armand? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I do think that people... Well, okay, I said no, and then yeah, I was about to that's okay. respond. That's okay. That's, that's the beauty. I, I think people do need to look for practical way, ways to respond that will actually have some long-term uh, legs to it. Um, I think those are the things that we need to be seeking out. You know, I think that, you know... I think that we have to stop being reactive and focus more on being proactive. It's one of the reasons why, you know, people that we talked about this on the pre-show, um, we talked about this on the pre-show should now go on the bingo board. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but we talked about how there's this call for artists to speak up. Um, and particularly Kendrick Lamar has been taking the task for not saying anything. Um, whereas if you listen to his three major label debuts um, and Untitled Unmastered. <laughs> and I'm sure there's stuff on Section 80. I haven't heard that album in a long time. But like, you know, you have to give credit to people who are already speaking about the things and that they're not waiting on uh, something to happen in order to, you know, say, take Ben and Jerry's, for example. Ben and Jerry's, their, their language has been very clear on how they stand on certain issues. Mm-hmm. They don't wait until something happens to make a press statement. Their, their intentions are clear um, or their, their perspective or what they believe is clear. And, and so on the, on the same token, Oh, my, I lost my train of thought. Um, yeah. Okay. So as a society, we can't just be reactive to everything. We have to go out of our way to be proactive and this is a chance to do so, though it's reactive because something is happening um, as this begins to die down, because it will die down a uh, strong chance. It will die down. We don't know, but strong chance it'll die down. 
Um, now is the time when you figure out who am I in this situation? Hi, say hypothetically, this really is a, re- uh, a revolution. Who am I in this revolution? You know, am I on the front line? Am I Paul Revere saying the British are coming? Am I in the room while they sign, you know, laws, you know, sign, sign bills into law? Um, am I God? Am I um, aiding in supplies? Mm. Um, am I on the front line giving people, you know, uh, water and umbrellas and, you know, different things? Am I using my social media to, to uh, spread information? Am I, am I a musician and an artist and am I making music? Cause there's nothing wrong with that. Like I use Kendrick as an example, but if you're, if you're so led and I'm one of those people, like I'm, I've been writing a lot. Um, there's a lot to talk about. So if you are creating and providing the soundtrack, um, to this revolution, great. Um, you know, if you are informing your coworkers, um, if you are sitting down and having conversations with them, uh, if you're if you are if you are black or if you're an ally about what it is, what the experience is, if you are a philanthropist and you have money or, you know, people with money and you're able to aid in, you know, resources or bailouts or reestablishing the small businesses that got looted, um, do like find your place. If you just if you're the plug and you know how to get people in a room. Do what you know how to do. Everything does not have to be frontline protests. Like that's not the one. There are many ways to fight in in the UFC. There are some Muay Thai kickboxers. There are some boxers. There are some grapple, you know, some people who grapple and wrestle. But ultimately, they're still fighting. You know what I'm saying? So find out how you fight. And if you want to contribute, contribute. Because the worst thing that you could do is be the guy who feels like they have to contribute. It's like the ob- it's the obligatory. You know what I'm saying? And you know you just rather you not be there at all. Mm. Like it's it's okay to it's okay to it's okay to fall back. Don't feel like you have to respond because people are saying you should respond. And now you're like, ah, I gotta respond. If you don't feel led to respond publicly, that's fine. But if you have spheres of influence, if you have places where you can impact those things directly, do it. And you don't have to post it on social media either. Like, there's so much to do. There's so much work to do. And I think as the smoke clears, like those tasks will be made clear. And from there, people can really roll their sleeves up and get the and, and put the work in. Um, otherwise, they're just gonna keep burning stuff down and keep pro- protesting and marching. And eventually somebody's gonna get tired. Eventually somebody's gonna say, All right, we need to sit down and talk about this. Somebody with some power. And from there, you know, things will begin to happen. Let me can I ask you one more question. Because I know, sure. I know we've, we've been recording for a long time. Yes. Your kids now are, are old enough that they are taking in news about this without having to like go to you to ask for questions first. Yes. How is, so that was probably not the case six years ago for Ferguson. No. And then they're, they're with you now for the summer. How, how has that been as an experience for you to see, like, to see this through their eyes? Great. Mm-hmm. Great. Great. I haven't been this motivated in a long time. I, I, their, their youthfulness and their curiosity. And I know that my daughter is like, she's like an advocate on the low. Um, my son is a big advocate as well. Um, you know, like you just see things in your kids. So it kind of helps you figure out how to parent them and what to, what to expose them to and what kind of questions to ask to get their brain thinking. Cause I'm a huge proprietor of critical thinking with my children. Like, my, I don't, I don't use because I said so. Um, very rarely I'll say if I, if I'm telling you to clean up and you don't do it and you say why, because I said so, like, you know why you're supposed to clean up. But if we're talking about like real layered issues, like my kids understand nuance and they understand the power of assessing a thing and looking at the layers of it and trying to understand, hit it from different angles. My kids are excellent at that. And so with them taking in this information, um, I don't shield my 14 year old. Um, I, I let her experience the world and I would rather her come to me and like, you know, discuss it. And that's what she does uh, or her mother or her, her, her new stepmother, like, or her stepfather. Like she's got plenty of adults and plenty of people who are able to provide her different perspectives, but she has the critical thinking to understand and like make, uh, dis- sound decisions for herself. She's, she's excellent in making like great decisions. 
Um, you know, so those those things are great. And the good thing about it is that, you know, my new daughter is six and she's just exposed to it. So she just sees them asking the question. So she doesn't understand, but she does see that something's going on. And I remember being eight years old living in California when the L.A. riots happened. And I remember Wolf Blitzer being on CNN. And I remember liking Wolf Blitzer because his name was Wolf. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> but I remember just asking my dad, like, yo, what's go- like, what is this? What's going on? And him explaining it to me as best as he could. And then over time, the chronic comes out which becomes the soundtrack to that. Um, and then also we end up living in South Central for, uh, we lived in Compton for, uh, was it Compton? No, we lived in, we lived in Compton for like six months. Um, so we were directly exposed to the aftermath of the riots. Um, so being able to experience it in a different way. So I would like to take my kids downtown and show them all that stuff. It's just not safe right now. Um, but I appreciate so much their their ability to see and assess what's going on uh to divvy right from wrong and then to ask the right questions and then to hear me ask them the questions that would lead to them asking the right questions and finding a solution it's been great it's been great and my wife is really good at at facilitating that as well it's been it's been fantastic um it's bonding us together as a family um so yeah it it's it's great it's great i'm i'm glad they're able to see it I'm glad they're able to see it. I'm glad that they're living in this time because uh, I do think that this is going to uh, shape the way they see the world moving, moving forward. Absolutely. All right, man. Is there anything else you think we need to talk about and touch on? No, there's plenty, but we've been recording since 630. I am <laughs> starving. I haven't really ate all day. Today has been a crazy day. Um, I, I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. You guys stream Armand and Doc. Um, yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate it. I'm sure we'll be back uh, some point soon to keep talking because who knows what's happening next in the world. But we uh, we appreciate the support. We appreciate the listens. Appreciate y'all sharing with everybody. And uh, yeah, I think that's it for this week.